The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the hosts and the guests. Hello, and welcome to episode 18 of Two Millennials One Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Gable. And I am Abby Richmond. And today, we're talking about Deep Thoughts Part 2. Before we get started, if you have not already subscribed to this show, please do so. Please give us ratings and share us with your friends. And most importantly, we are coming up on our celebratory Ask Us Anything extravaganza, and we need your questions. If you have a question for Abby, cool, send it in. If you have a question for me, send it in. If you have a question to Sean Mainz or people we don't talk to or talk about, that's fine. Send those in too. Uh, please send those questions in to however you're listening to this particular podcast, or you can email us at the number two millennials, the number one podcast at gmail.com. Link in the description below question mark or what else can they do abs they can just hit us up via whatever social media they talk to us on yep you can slide in our dms and pose those questions i promise i won't curve you i don't even know what that means wow it's almost like you're not a millennial ouch (laughs) all right my dude i let off last time let's hear your first deep question okay is happiness just chemicals flowing through your brain or is it something more happiness is just chemicals in your brain as is Stop. as is love <laughs> as is excitement and fear and fun all that's just crap going on in your head now please abby give me the, <laughs> give me the magic answer i feel like happiness has to be more than that i feel like it's just such a deep intense feeling that it has to be more than just chemicals You would probably say the same thing about love, though, would you not? Yeah. If love were just chemicals, then I feel like it could happen all the time. Some people think it happens all the time. These aren't special things. They're just... Stop! Dopamine and... I hate you! (laughs) I mean, I'm just being real with you. It's not magic. It's not something deeper. So, is love a one-time thing, or is it all the time? Like, you can fall in love with anybody. You can fall in love with anybody. With absolutely anybody. I'm not saying with absolutely anybody. There are some traits that go better together, but... Yeah, so love isn't just some random chemical that's happening. There's something else going into it. Also in your head, though. What you like and what you find attractive and what you find desirable. and Okay, but everything's in your head. Yeah. But that's not just chemicals. That's a thought process. Caused by chemicals. Are you one of the people... Like in the movie Interstellar, that believes that love is a force that transcends dimensions and time. How else could he save his child unless love transcended the dimensions? And that's exactly how he saved his child. His love. His love, yeah. I would get to that tesseract and I'd be looking for my child and be like, oh, whoops. (laughs) I'd never get there. Not that I don't believe in love. I I think there is such a thing as love. I love things, but I don't think it's anything magical. I don't think it's deeper than what it is on the surface. Yeah, well, I hope you die alone. Next question. (laughs) If you had the option to know the date and circumstance of your death, would you? Oh. Why not? I feel like I wouldn't want to know because then I wouldn't live life, like, I would live life in fear of that day. And I would avoid, if I knew how I was going to die, I would avoid that circumstance all the time. I think I'd go the opposite way and say, if I knew when I was going to die, I would live each and every day more fully and appreciate everything a little more. I suppose. I wouldn't fear that day. I would just make sure every day up until that point was baller. What if it told you not necessarily when you would die, but like you're going to die in a car crash? Oh, I would take that information as well. In fact, I'm actually dealing with this at present time. What? There is a high incidence of ALS in my family. 
and you can get tested not for it necessarily, but to see if you have the gene for it. And there's a big debate in my family of like, should we find out or not? And some oh, people are yeah. like, yeah. And some people are like, no. Yeah, I feel like you should get tested because it's not like some random event that's going to happen. It's something that maybe you can do something about. Perhaps. And like, what if you were the person that just magically cured ALS because you're going to die from it. And so I don't want to die. So I subject myself to testing and treatments and I cure it for everybody. Yeah. Mm, That's a positive spin. Toasty. All right, my dude. If you could not work for a year, what would you be doing? Or what would you like choose? How would you choose to live your life? Travel. Yeah, me too. That's not a hard one. No, absolutely not. Am I getting paid during this? What if I said you were only getting paid minimum wage? But I didn't have to work for it? Yeah. I would still travel. I would tap into my savings and take some baller trips. Yeah, but like I don't have savings. That's true. What would you do? Well, I want to say travel, but like... To like La Plata? (laughs) I couldn't even live there because I don't have money for food. If I was getting allowance from my parents, I might be able to work something out. But maybe after I open all my grad cards, I might have some money to work with. You haven't opened them yet? No. Oh, that's a gold mine, my friend. It's like a life goal for me to do one of those bus transformations and turn it into a cute little travel tiny home and it'd be all kitschy and me and my cute little husband would have a little dog and we would travel the countryside. Yes. How Abby Richmond. Yeah, no no part of you saying that surprises me. In fact, when I watched a couple documentaries about converting buses and vans into tiny homes and people traveling the country, that screams you, the soundtrack, yeah. all of that. You may have your own documentary. Oh my gosh. That. What if I married someone who was really good at like videography and things like that and then he made a cute little film of it? I would love that. I'm sure Netflix would buy it. Shout out to anyone who's listening and wants to marry me and transform a bus to a home and travel the countryside you can pay for it and i'll just be along for the ride your calls for men on this particular (laughs) podcast get more obscure each and every episode (laughs) one day someone's just gonna meet all of the requirements that i've asked for there's a running list on www.twomillennialsonepodcast.com i hate you just kidding that doesn't exist (laughs) nothing i said exists next question abby what makes you most angry about our country that people have no regard for the planet and the ecosystem Mm. and that they're just like well i'm not gonna have to deal with the consequences so i don't really care when my mom was a child she didn't have to put sunscreen on and now if i'm out for 10 minutes i am a lobster that's bad news bears are you saying that's because we have destroyed the ozone or what's your connection there It's because our recycling process just destroys the ozone, and if we don't recycle, then there's just going to be landfills. We have no regard for the earth whatsoever, and people are just like, "Mm, who cares? I'm going to use plastic straws. What bugs me, you're out walking the streets, the amount of trash on the ground. Like, who throws their trash on the ground? Oh my gosh, I've been in a car with someone, and they legitimately just roll down the window and throw stuff out, and... That's such a little act, but I don't understand it. What are you doing with your life? So you've actually encountered someone that does that. Yes. Hashtag old boyfriend. Ooh, that's disturbing. Yeah, I don't know anyone that does that. But I always wonder, there's got to be people that do it frequently because there's trash everywhere. So what makes me most angry about our country is the blatant inequality that could be fixed rather easily, but instead we just choose to ignore it. Pay-wise? Pay-wise, getting jobs, getting government assistance, just how you're treated. We have come a long way, but it still is pretty sucky. 
If you're not a white male in America, you're still disadvantaged. And that's a bummer. I also don't like that some people don't even accept that that's a thing. That people are just like, that doesn't exist. And that's why it still exists, is because we just deny it happening. Because people feel like they have their own problems to deal with, and if it doesn't affect them, then why do they have to fix it? True. And the people that are in charge of fixing things like that are white males. (laughs) Do you feel disadvantaged as a, a female? Have you encountered any situation like that? The pink tax is probably about the only thing that I come into contact with, I think. And to those listeners that don't know, that's like taxes on female products, so like period products or razors that are marketed directly towards women they're more expensive than those for men and so i buy men's deodorant because i think it works better and it's cheaper and like i don't buy pink razors i just use disposable head ones for men because it's cheaper and they work better so sometimes i just don't even bother with buying things marketed towards women to avoid that i feel a lot of females do that yeah it depends on the person i feel like the people that don't do it are rich white females that live with (laughs) rich white males But I don't know. And you're going to be that poor white female living in a bus. Yes, who's not going to shave her armpits. Just kidding. I'm not going to do that part. That's disgusting. I don't like that. Okay, question. What is holding you back from being the person that you want to be? The tantalizing part in life of just being good enough. That's what holds me back. Whose standards are you going by for good? Comfort standards. Oh, like you're not comfy. I am comfy. I'm comfy enough to not do anything different. I don't particularly care for my job most days. I don't particularly care for the people I'm around most days. Present company excluded. I think I sold myself short in life a lot of the time. But I got to a level where I am comfortable, so I will do nothing about it. I will punch the clock. I will teach the youth. And I will drive my white car around the town two days a year. clocks. Literally punch clocks? Yeah, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> Okay, so you think that you are the person that you want to be right now? I'm a comfortable person right now. Do I have other aspirations? Sure. But I'm not uncomfortable enough to reach for them. Gotcha. And that holds me back. I feel like you are and you just are scared. I think that you hate being a teacher sometimes. And so I think that the only reason you aren't doing anything different is you don't know what else you're going to do with a math degree. I don't think that's necessarily true. There are things I could do with the degree. It's just like I said, it's comfortable. It's not even fear. If the right circumstance came up, I would definitely go do something else. Yeah, but if the right circumstance comes up, you're not going to do anything to make that situation happen. And that's why I'm here where I'm at. Would you say that you ever do anything like that? That you ever make your own move and you don't just wait for it to happen? Mm. Now you've got me like questioning myself existentially. Honestly, it's probably been a while since I've made a move for myself and haven't just rolled with the tides. This sounds like a therapy session. I think, yeah. Feels like it. We're digging deep here. Let's switch this over to you. Same question to yourself. What holds me back from being the person that I want to be? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Societal standards, and I feel like I talk about that a lot on here. But I feel like I try for the most part not to conform to them, but... I still manage to do it anyways. Is this going to be okay if I do this? And will certain people think that I'm weird for doing what I do? And I've broken away from a lot of that. Like I used to only listen to the kind of music that everybody else listens to. And I used to like wear cute clothes every day. And now I've gotten away from things like that. So I think that I'm on my way to being the person that I want to be. And that college will hopefully let me break away from trying to please certain people. Because I won't be around them anymore. Are there things that you think about that are like, man, that would be cool if I could do that, like shave my head, but you're truly being held back or are they more of just 
Yeah, like, I had to ask a poll on Instagram yesterday if I should dye my hair blonde, because, like, I want to, but I don't know if it would look okay, and I don't know if other people would like it, and so I asked other people, and then I decided, screw that, I'm just gonna do it if I want to. Are you gonna do it? I think so. Cool. Because, like, I have money from graduation, and so I don't know what to spend it on, so I think that I'm gonna dye my hair blonde and get a tattoo. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, last episode, Abby's like, I'm gonna start a savings account. (laughs) (laughs) Just this episode she's dyeing her hair and getting a tat what tat are you gonna get i think that i'm going to get this artful looking hand that listeners can't see my hand but it's gonna look like this and it's gonna be holding a lavender bunch and it's gonna say the word breathe under it and it's gonna go like right underneath my elbow right here to remind me to just calm down how are you gonna see that though i don't have to see it you just know it's there i just know it's there all right here's a question i totally know your answer to this but go ahead and ask it for the listeners here do you think that dreams have meaning yes We have discussed some of my dreams in depth because I want to know. And a while back, I had this dream that I asked so many people about because I just feel like certain dreams, there has to be a meaning behind them because they don't make any sense if there isn't a meaning behind them. And technically, dreams are just neurons that are firing that didn't get a chance to fire during the day. Is that right? I don't know. Something along those lines. But how does your brain come up with all of this stuff if there isn't a reason behind it? And sometimes things like that, they don't go along with the whole Christianity thing. How do dreams coincide with that like does god give you dreams did you just pose that to me yeah no (laughs) no dreams are random they're your brain freaking out yeah but why just because the brain's a weird little machine that answer just because is not a good answer you're right it's not it's random firing of neurons creating a a dream-like state that makes you think weird things. How can your brain do all those things by itself when there isn't anybody behind the driver's seat? Your brain has autopilot. Okay, so then is it just like, here's a fun trip, enjoy this dream? Yeah, and there's no rhyme or reason for it. I feel like some dreams are like that, but I feel like some dreams have meaning. Do you know about lucid dreaming? Yeah, my brother tried to do that. He did this like dream journal and it started to work and... <laughs> So one night he had sleep paralysis and he had to stop. That's terrifying. Yeah. (laughs) Sleep paralysis, I've never had it, but people say that's one of the worst things. Yeah, because like if you start lucid dreaming, then like that's the path that you're headed for is sleep paralysis. And like it could be cool until you're in a scary situation and I have nightmares quite often. So like if I couldn't wake up from one of those and I just had to witness it the entire time, that's terrifying. Definitely. I watched a documentary about that as well and i did not want to ever have that happen and i never do i never dream i do dream but i don't remember any of them stop says that all the time and i don't understand it i dream every single night and i remember it until like maybe 20 30 minutes after i wake up unless it's a good dream and then i like i'll remember it do you think that positively or negatively or at all impacts your life i love dreaming so it positively impacts your life yeah intriguing i need to start dreaming and remembering them next question Oh, there is this theory that says if you look into a stranger's eyes for a full four minutes that you'll fall in love. Any stranger. Any stranger. Does it have to be of the gender that you are affiliated with? So if I went up to some guy at Walmart and stared into his eyes for four minutes, I would not fall in love with him. Probably not, but you would probably have a deeper understanding for the man. Are you talking during this? No. You're just staring? Yes. So the only way that we can talk more about this is to make this happen i'm not doing that can i go get my neighbor yes (laughs) are you gonna go get your neighbor 
neighbor. I don't think my neighbor would be comfortable with that. I don't think I could sit still for four minutes without talking. Is it like a staring contest or is it just like no, a... No, you can just gaze into each other's eyes. Huh. And you're supposed to fall in love with them. Yeah. What if you fall in love with them? Love is so fleeting, by the way. What if you do fall in love with them and then you, I don't know, act on it and get married and realize that was the worst decision of your life? Okay, well, if you get married that soon, I feel like there's a problem, but maybe you could fall in love and start dating and then see where the dating goes. Does that not delegitimize your view of love? If anyone can stare into anyone's eyes for four minutes and then boom. Why does that take away from the idea of love? Because you told me earlier that love was special. It is. But I can cultivate it with any random stranger in four minutes. You can start love. I feel like there's different layers of love, like an onion. Okay, Shrek. (laughs) Okay, well... I will never be in a position where I can do that, but I'll get my brother. I'll get my brother and some rando chick to stare into each other's eyes for four minutes and we'll see what happens. How fast do you think someone can fall in love? Oh, I think you can fall in love instantaneously. That love at first sight thing. Do I think that's a real fulfilling love? No, but that infatuation exists. Okay, so infatuation and love are different things. I agree. Love at first sight isn't a real thing. True, deep love, no. But flimsy love, which Hmm. is what most love is. So love has different layers. I concur. Like an onion. Hmm. All right, dude, here's another question for you. What do you think your worst trait is? I'm very indecisive. I have no self-esteem or self-confidence. Back the truck up. Worst trait singular. Pick your worst one. Okay, but those are all bad. Those, Yeah, they, they don't sound great, but what is your very worst <laughs> one? As my indecisiveness comes through, <laughs> I'll just go with that one. How indecisive would you say you are? Is it like a, where do you want to eat for dinner, Abby? And you're like, I don't know. Or is it like, oh my God, where do I go to college? This is the end of my life. How bad are you? So I think that the like reaction to my indecisiveness isn't ever that bad, but I do struggle a lot with I can't make decisions ever. I still don't know if I'm making the right decision on my college choice, even though I've pretty much known I'm going to Truman my whole life. I'll probably end up transferring out. I know that I want to study abroad just in case that I don't like Truman as much as I thought I would. I don't know. (laughs) See, I can't decide on an answer for this question. My worst trait is my desire to have control over every situation. I'm a very controlling person. I do that too. But then when I do get control, I don't want it. And (laughs) I'm like, kidding, I don't like this. Someone Mm. please help me. That's a unique twist on controlling behavior. You achieve it and then you don't want it. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, I like to know what's going on. Maybe it's not like I want to have control. I just want to know what's going on and what the plan from whoever has control. I understand that. I think that's where a lot of my controlling comes from. I know how I want things to go. And I like to know how things turn out. And if I have control of it, I can make that happen. But if I leave it up to other people or other things, then I don't have control over it. And that's super stressful. Makes me anxious. And my lack of confidence in other people as well. I don't think you can do whatever is about to be asked of you. So I'll do it myself, which is why I got so busy this year. Do you think you built any character or ultimately hurt yourself because of that. I learned that I need to say no sometimes. That's good. That's a good skill to have. Yeah. You can't say yes to everything. What are the odds that you do that for a day? Say yes to literally everything? Yeah. 300. Okay. Ready? Three, two, one. 170. Dang it. (laughs) That'd be a fun experiment though. If we both did it, would you do it? Yeah, absolutely. Can we make an episode about it? Ethan and Abby say yes to literally everything for one 24 hour period. Yeah. All right. Look forward to that folks. That may very well happen. What do you miss about being a kid? Ooh, what I miss most about being a kid 
that I did not appreciate at that time was just the lack of responsibility. Yeah. And I think most adults would say that. Kids have it really easy. And the worst part is you're going through the emotional and the the hormones and all that crap and like your world feels like it's crumbling on you. But at the end of the day, mom and dad are still feeding you and dropping you off at soccer practice and life's good. Yeah, I feel like that's a big part of it, but I also miss naps and snack time and things that were just like given to you because someone else is taking care of you. You don't have to make decisions for yourself. That's true. I think there is some freedom with that as well. At this point in life, if I want snacks, I go get the best snacks. I don't have to have my mom feed me like graham crackers again. So there's a benefit to that. But at the same time, didn't have to pay for anything back then. Everything was provided. And now once you're an adult and you're about to hit the stage, you are on your own. Yeah, I don't like that. As a kid, like if I whined for it, I could have gotten it if I threw a fit. But like now it's like, stop being a child. That's good you've realized that. Some people never grow out of that particular, if I whine, I'll get it type of thing. What is your most embarrassing moment? Oh gosh. I get in so many embarrassing moments because I don't know how to like conduct myself in certain situations. <laughs> kind of an embarrassing moment was when I got hit by a car. So in eighth grade, I was walking to school across this crosswalk and this car stopped. And so I was like, hey, should I go? And they waved me on. So I start walking and the car just freaking goes. And so <laughs> I slide up on the hood of this car and I thought it was a friend. And so I just like climb off the hood of the car and I turn around to see who it is and they just speed away. Oh my gosh, you actually got hit by a car. Not like tapped. You were on like a hood of a car. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> in front of school. And so I walk into school and everybody that was like sitting at the lunch table for breakfast that could see out the door was like, you just got hit by a car. And I was like, yeah. I didn't think it was a big deal. So I just went about my day. And then in first hour, my teacher heard about it. He's like, will you go talk to the officer about this? And I was like, it's not that big of a deal. And then when I was in there, everybody was thinking and acting like it was a big deal. And they're like, can we check you for abrasions? And I was like, I'm not hurt. They're like, you got hit by a car. Is that embarrassing? I thought it was embarrassing because... That'd be more embarrassing for the driver, I think. So she went to court for it and no one told me anything about it. Like I was not involved in it whatsoever, but apparently this woman went to court for hitting me with a car and I didn't know about it until like two or three years later. Wow. So this was like an ordeal. Yeah. There were children in the car too. Hmm. Like I think she was in a hurry or something. Apparently. Yeah. She ran you over. Yeah. What about you? Mine still makes me cringe something fierce. I was probably a junior in high school and I was going out on a date with this gal that I liked and we were double dating and my friend picks me up and then picks her up in his truck. It was a tall, it was a lifted truck and I'm wearing jeans and I go to climb in the truck and I rip my pants. (gasps) We were getting back in the truck from a restaurant I believe we were at and she was in the truck and everyone's in the truck and I just pretended it didn't happen. It was a savage rip and I had to go through the rest of the night because I was too socially awkward to say anything about it with my ripped pants and I was like crossing my legs and it was the most cringeworthy thing. Why didn't you say anything about it? Because I was so embarrassed. The worst thing was I wrote it out, committed to it. That didn't happen. I would have made myself into a joke. I would have tried to intentionally make everyone else laugh at me. Yeah, I should have tried that, but I was too dismayed that that happened. I got pantsed in elementary school. That was pretty embarrassing. That's rough. This kid, he doesn't go to school anymore. He dropped out. Mm. Um, But anyways, I was like at the water fountain and he pantsed me. And so everybody called him the pantser for a while. Somebody else's embarrassing story. I was on a date a while ago. This was probably last summer. And the guy I was with, it was our first date, and he was driving me home, and he ran out of gas. So 
his phone was dead and he ran out of gas and so he's like can i borrow your phone to call someone his dad didn't pick up the phone we had to call um and so went to the gas station got us gas and then like we had to put gas in his car so that i could go home i bet that young man was mortified yeah that's rough pretty embarrassing yeah you got to plan better on those first dates gentlemen you can't be going with the gas light on you got a song pick of the week for us, Abby? Okay, my song pick of the week is Bashful Creatures by the band Hippocampus. You've been doing a lot of Hippocampus lately. Yeah, I feel like they're really just like my summer vibe. My song pick of the week, going off that same vein, very summery song, is called The Tension and the Terror by Straylight Run, and it is a bop. Thanks again for joining us this week, folks. I hope you enjoyed this somewhat hot mess of an episode. <laughs> my sincere pledge, we will do better next week. Thanks for checking us out. We'll see y'all later. Bye.